0: Hi, I'm Jasmine and welcome back to Lifesavers, the podcast by the RNLI, the charity that saves lives at sea. In this series, we've met a humble handful of the lifeboat crew members and lifeguards who have been on call throughout the pandemic to launch to someone's rescue and bring them safely back home to their family. It's a feeling that's priceless any day, any year, but especially so throughout the challenges of 2020. In our final episode of the series, Meet Ravi, The 10-year-old boy, he remembered some crucial water safety advice and floated to live when he found himself out of his depth on a trip to Scarborough Beach this summer.
1: The water was coming up and then I could soon no longer touch the floor. So I shouted like, help, help, help. My dad can't swim or anything. So he just had to go to shore and then raise the alarm.
0: Ravi kept himself alive that day by floating on the water. Scarborough Lifeboat crew launched to Ravi's rescue and brought him safely back to his mum and dad. But they're fully in agreement that Ravi was the real hero in this story.
2: That boy saved himself. We've all said it, haven't we? You know, he saved himself. We were were just there to give him a little helping hand at the end.
0: So let's hear from Ravi and how he remembers the story.
1: So basically, me and my dad, like, went into the water, and then we went too far. My dad said, like, let's go to the shallow end, but then the tide came up, and then after that, I realised that the water was coming up, and then and I could soon no longer touch the floor. Also, I shouted, like, help, 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 oh, but my dad was... My dad can't swim or anything, I think so he just had to go to who shore and then raise the alarm.
0: Wow. And did you start to realise that something was, was pretty wrong when you couldn't feel the floor anymore? Yeah. That must have been really scary for your dad as well, if he if he was in the water with you but couldn't come to to rescue you. What yes. did it feel like kind of did you feel yourself being pulled out further into the sea?
1: Well, I did get pulled out a lot, but I couldn't feel it, nor could I not, not see anything. I could only see the sky and it was really cold.
0: Oh gosh, yeah, I bet it was really cold. Did you feel scared at all? Yeah, definitely. I know that you obviously, you remembered to float to, to keep yourself above the water. How did you know to do that?
1: Uh, I saw it from a TV show when I was like, when I was in year three, but then I could never like practice it because I never got swimming lessons. But in year four, or every Wednesday, I get to go to swimming lessons. So I got to try it there.
0: That's amazing. I bet that um, your swimming teacher was so happy that um, that you managed to put it into practice and obviously that it, it worked as well. yeah. And you were floating as well. I read you were floating for around about an hour, which is amazing. I think there are so many people who wouldn't have known to do that, especially for that length of time. Did it did it feel that long? Mm, no. Were you thinking about anything nice or anything to kind of keep your mind distracted while you were floating in the water? I was just humming in a tiny bit. How did it feel when you saw the lifeboat coming towards you?
1: Well I didn't see it, I heard it yeah, because obviously I was, I was facing the opposite side of the boat so I couldn't physically see it mm. but I, I did hear it on the water so then I started shouting and then I was like yes they came to get me, I'm gonna get a second chance to live.
0: Oh absolutely, did you kind of feel it rumbling?
1: Oh, I couldn't hear anything, only like a tiny bit of splashes.
0: And did you you see the the crew members in the lifeboat? What was it like to see them?
1: It was like,
0: thank you. (laughs) Do you remember what happened as soon as you got into the lifeboat?
1: They just said to sit still and we're going to do an emergency landing, so get ready for a huge bump, but I didn't feel anything.
0: Um, and when you got to the lifeboat station, did you just want to see your mum and dad again? Yeah. How did it feel to see them?
1: I was like, yes, everyone's, everything's gonna get back to normal soon.
0: Oh, that's so nice. I bet they were so so pleased to see you as well. Has the rescue made you feel differently about the sea at all? Do you do you feel afraid of it?
1: Mm, only a tiny bit. When I got rescued. I just felt normal, her like everything just went back to normal and there's no, there's no
0: problems now. That's brilliant. Yeah. I just want you to know as well that you were so unbelievably brave that day and, and you saved your own life and I think that you should be really proud for remembering to float and because of that as well, so many people will know what to do now if they find themselves in the same situation. Ravi is thankfully safe and well after his rescue this summer, with a little help from these three inshore lifeboat, also known as ILB, volunteers from Scarborough RNLI.
3: I'm Rudy Bowman, um, ILB crew member. Yeah, I'm, I'm
2: Adam Shooter. yeah, I'm an ILB crew member as well. I'm Robert Gaunt, um
3: the ILB helm from that day. It kind of sticks in your head the important ones, you know, especially when there's a kid involved, it's... Um, mm. you know. Was, you, things that go through your mind at the time is, you know, how long they've been in the water and what you might actually find. So, you know, when you, when you see him there alive and kicking and albeit very cold and scared, it was, a, it was a very nice feeling.
0: My first question, really, just as like an initial reaction, what first words come to your mind when you think about this rescue?
3: Well, I think it was just he was an incredibly brave young man. That, that was that was the overwhelming sense that we all got from it. You know, how, how well he'd done, you know, to survive in that sort of temperature of water for so long. Um yeah, we, we were all pretty impressed with how brave he was and how he dealt with it.
0: I'd say exactly the same. Um, can any of you remember what you were doing when your pages went off?
3: I'd just ridden to the top of a very steep hill. Way home from work, actually. I think uh, I'd just finished eating, to be fair.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I was just tucking into tea at the time. But, but it, was a, it was a late afternoon show, wasn't it? It had been about half five, quarter to six, I think.
3: It was just before... Oh, yeah, it was about 6.30, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. Lifeguards had just finished on the beach, so so ironically, when just after we went missing.
0: What did the page say when you initially got it through, and what went through your minds when you heard about the situation?
4: Well, initially, the page just said, um, launch ILB. So, um, as the helm, I received a phone call from the DLA as I was on my way down to the station, Um, and he just said, there's a missing missing little lad... um, they're not sure if he's in the water or if he's wandered off. Not normally quite a standard shout for around summer times, uh, missing children. When we got down to the boathouse, we were told he was seen going into the water. So that's when everyone sort of jumped into gear and was like, right, let's go.
0: How did you decide who was going to do what on the lifeboat?
4: Um, pretty, pretty much as, as the helm, um, I took the first two lads that were through the door. Pretty much Adam got there the same time as me. I believe Rudy was already there. Um, so they got changed straight away, got straight on the boat. Um, I put Adam on the radio for the pure fact that he has a nicer sounding radio voice. <laughs> and then we just launched.
0: And what happened kind of when you got on scene? Did it take you long to find him? Yeah. Um,
4: well, initially, where we were initially tasked to launch to, um, we got there and Ravi wasn't actually in that location. We carried out a bit of a search pattern and then we're tasked to go further over to Holbeck. And we started searching over that area, and we had a bit of a discussion between ourselves. And I think it was Rudy that pointed out that he's more likely to be over towards the harbour mouth because of the tide. So we turned tail, headed over that way. And I believe, as we were heading that way, um, I think Rudy or Adam just spotted him out of the corner of the eye.
3: Yeah, the, that the, that day it was a particularly nasty day, um, just because we'd had southeasterly winds of about thirty knots. So it was a real short, sharp swell, and we were it was sort of a back or a knee breaker on the ILB. Um, and and that was sort of setting, you know, that was going with the tide as well. So it, it was we were fairly confident that he was going to be towards the uh, the north end of South Bay. Um, and there's a sort of little little current that, that runs the full length of the bay, and then it starts to go out and round the rock armour. And uh, that was what he was about to get into. Um, yeah. So he he'd run. We reckoned about half a mile, didn't we, from from his, um, his start position remember, yeah. where he gone missing.
0: I know, obviously, when you found him, um, he was floating, and I don't know about you guys, but I just thought, for a ten-year-old boy, that was amazing that he knew to do that, and that he carried on doing that for that amount of time as well.
2: It, it was really, it was really special that he'd done that. I mean, when when we first saw him, I think the initial reaction was, "Oh God, is, you know, there's a body floating in the water." So it was amazing when we when we sort of approached him and saw that he was, you know, he was shouting shouting for help so it was yeah it was really really uh, impressive that he'd done that
0: what does it feel like for you guys to be able to physically reunite someone with their family or friends and know that that was only possible because you made that happen
4: well for myself that's why i I do it um we, we don't obviously we're all volunteers we all put our own time and effort into doing it, and jobs like that make it worth it when you have a good outcome and everyone's happy at the end of it, and you save a life at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, you can, you can, you know, we do quite a few jobs, particularly that sort of thing on a, on a beach on a busy day. There's a lot of a part of your mind you're always thinking, oh, he's going to probably turn up in an ice cream parlour somewhere down the road. <laughs> uh, you can get a bit complacent, and it, and it was a good reminder for me, you know, exactly why we do this and, that, and why we try and respond so quickly. Um, and why we'd just throw everything at it because, you know, who knows, it could have only been another 10 minutes. He would have probably drifted over the harbour. He may have been hit by a boat or something else. So it was just a really good reminder for me, you know, exactly why we do it. And like Rob says, it's, it's, it's rewarding because, you know, a lot of the time, uh, the outcome isn't always successful. And we obviously have to deal with that as a crew. So it, it was, it's a really nice feeling when, um, you know, when it's gone well.
0: Did you get to see Rob get reunited with his parents?
3: Yeah, t- I mean, his mum and dad were were on the beach when we were we were searching. Um, and then when we recovered Ravi, we sort sub- we transferred him immediately to the um, uh, Coast Guard wagon, and then they took him straight to the station. Ravi's parents were obviously fairly eager to go and uh, go and see him as soon as they could. They came up the slipway, um, and they were with a couple of the police. I think at that point the paramedics were treating him, so they just wanted him to hand back, um, them to hand back until they sort of you know got him warmed up. But then uh, yeah, they were reunited pretty soon after that, weren't they?
0: Amazing. I was very lucky to actually speak to Ravi yesterday and I asked him what he'd say to you all if he could speak to you and um, I'd like you to hear it, if that's all right. If you could say something to the Lifeboat crew who came to rescue you that day, what do you think you might say to them?
1: I would say, like, thank you for saving my life. If it hadn't been for you guys, I wouldn't be here.
3: Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, he's a great lad. I mean, we we got a chance to spend quite a bit of time with him on the slipway. Actually, we were doing all the press press interviews, um, I think a week or two after the incident. Uh, and you know, he, for a ten year old kid, he, you know, the presence he's got, you know, to be able to speak to cameras and interviewers and everything else, it was incredible. We were, we were very very impressed with him. Um, he did
4: better than us, to be fair, talking to all the cameras.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you think you guys would say back to Ravi?
4: Um, it was just an absolute honour to meet him and we're all really proud of him. Um, ultimately, he saved his own life.
3: Yeah, I think, I think I'd only add that, you know, what, what he's done has hopefully, you know, inspired other kids to, to, to kind of follow, you know, maybe Saving Lives at Sea and, and watch more of the Iron campaigns and maybe get involved with you know, um, Respect the Water. Things like that. So hopefully that they can learn what to do in the same situation. And, and like I say, he'd be an inspiration to everybody, really. Yeah, definitely. That that boy saved himself. We've all said it, haven't we? You
2: know, he saved himself. We were we were just there to give him a little helping hand at the end.
0: Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, guys. Has the pandemic changed how you carry out a rescue like that as volunteers?
4: Um, there'd be a little bit more PPE um that we'd obviously wear during the rescue there'd be a few few less people in the station and obviously normally after a a job or even during a job if you're not on the boat the crew tend to congregate in crew rooms have cups of tea and then we all have a chat about it afterwards and it's quite a family sort of experience obviously we can't do that at the moment with social distancing so at the moment you tend to go do the job come back wash everything down and then leave and it's just a it is what it is at the moment, really.
0: Do you find that quite difficult, not being able to debrief or even just chat about a shout, particularly if it's been a bit difficult?
4: Um, between the crew, if they're on the boat, we can always have a chat during the washdown, have a bit of a debrief, things like that. We, can, we always ring each other up. Um, a lot of us meet up outside of life, but some of us all work together and go
3: for bike rides, things like that. So we can always talk about it in other settings.
0: That's really nice.
3: It is an important part of life, Boeing, you know, all all of the bits that you forget, you know, just all the hanging out, you know, talking about things. So, yeah, I mean, it, like Rob says, it, if you can do it outside the station, that's great. But um, it's certainly changed things for us. You know, it's different.
0: Yeah. And do you feel safe still as obviously ordinary people with everything that's going on in the world? Do you feel safe still going out on a shout?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think are alive done everything they can to make it as safe as possible for us you know with the with the masks um you know we're, we're conducting exercise we've got our visors down to try and protect ourselves so you know we've got the gloves so yeah they it, you know I think they've done a great job really um we're starting to get back into training a bit more now um which is nice it's nice to see each other again isn't it when it's not on a show a bit of a more relaxed setting really it's it's good.
3: Yeah, I think certainly I've been on an ILB, but at least we're out in the open air. And I think, as any of the other lads would say, you know, if, if you're worried about COVID, when you you know you've got somebody in the water or somebody's life and death, we take life over limb, you know, and and you just get on with it and do it. Um, worry about the other stuff later.
0: Oh, guys, it has been such a tonic to talk to you today. Honestly, I feel sometimes that yeah, the weight of the world at the moment is is quite heavy. And speaking to you all and hearing how positive and amazingly humble you all are as well it's it's really made my day thank you
2: yeah you're welcome nice to speak to you too oh. thank you very much thank you.
0: thank you so much to Ravi his family and to Scarborough Lifeboat Crew for sharing your amazing rescue with us and thank you at home for listening This season of Lifesavers has been recorded remotely to keep everyone safe under lockdown restrictions, and we hope that you've also been able to keep well at home too. If you've enjoyed any of the stories we've shared in this series, and if you're able to, it would mean so much to us if you might consider leaving a kind donation to make more rescues like these possible. Simply visit rnli.org forward slash saving families. No matter how big or small, every penny makes a life-saving difference. The RNLI is completely reliant on the generosity of the public, so every rescue, every story and every life saved is all thanks to the incredible support of people like you. Thank you so much for listening to this series. We'll see you again soon.